The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD, blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. Good morning and welcome to Success Happens. So much happening in the world, right? So this week we've been dealing with Ukraine and we'll talk more about that. But in the midst of all of these world affairs and world crises, there's some basic fundamental stuff going on that I think we're losing sight of. And that may not be by accident, by the way. You know, there's some people believe that they're creating they, the bad guys, they are creating this distraction from the more important issues that we're facing here at home. And we have some big issues, right? We have big issues around the pricing. I went to gas today was astronomical. Pricing, inflation, all of that is hitting us. But we also have an issue still around censorship and communications and our ability to speak freely as protected by our constitutional rights. I have back with me today, Ryan Hartwick, and it's great to have Ryan back. And he brought a friend with him, Jason Fick. And Ryan reached out to me and he said, Jen, I want to talk about something that's going on around censorship and communications because he's an expert on that. He is the whistleblower who came out against Facebook. As I've said to you before, Ryan, and I'll repeat it here because it bears repeating, you are a hero. And anybody out there listening who knows stuff about an organization, an industry, or people doing things nefariously that are harming others, and you're afraid to speak up, particularly in the medical industry right now, y'all need to speak up. Get the courage and the backbone that Ryan demonstrated by going out against Facebook. Yeah, it takes some, it takes some courage, but it will all turn out if you do the right thing. So whistleblowers are heroes and they start something because you unveil the truth. And what we're trying to deal with right now, if nothing else across the country, is the truth. We just want the truth. The truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. That's what we want. I have today Ryan and he brought Jason Fick. And we're going to talk today about communication censorship and this idea that we do have a freedom of speech. There is a free market. And you big tech don't have the right to shut down small tech or small voices or individual thoughts from being heard. I mean, it's outrageous that they colluded. You know, I was thinking about this. Remember, you guys are too young for this, but I remember Ma Bell. Anybody, all my older listeners will remember that. Ma Bell, the breaking up through an antitrust of all the telecom companies. And I think at the time, now I'm kind of dredging it up from my past, it was AT&T. So all of these companies had to be broken up. Why? Because they had too much power and control in the marketplace 
and they prevented others from participating, essentially. So, Jason, tell us about your background, who you are, what you've done, and how did you get in this fight? Well, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for having me here. Well, my background actually was I, I had started a magazine and I needed to build an audience. You know, reach and distribution was offered up by these companies, and they said, "Yeah, hey, yeah, just come build your business and and you can get your reach and distribution." So I did that. I worked my butt off. And this was back in the days when you couldn't even schedule posts. And so far back that I, I had started in 2010, and by 2012, I had somewhere around 17 million fans on Facebook. In 2012, I was larger than BuzzFeed, and nobody knew who I was because it was never about me. I never made it about like my personality. It was all... You know, we did a lot of memes. We did a lot of funny stuff. I mean, I, I've had posts reach billions of users. I mean, it, it's staggering some of the the posts I had. I mean, I've had I had a post with 168 million likes on it. Um, so these were the days that were really interesting and engaging. And and you know, these social media sites were a completely different animal back then. And I built a massive audience. And then, well, Facebook comes along and they said, "Well, we got this sponsored advertising program." And we want to make money. So what they do, and what most people don't realize, is that these sites are direct competitors of their own users. So the principles here is, is that Facebook takes money to develop. Basically, they they you know increase its distribution, which is the, the, the very definition of developing information. And they take money to do it. So they're actually content providers. Now, courts have never, ever put it on them. But by, by legal definition, they are actually content providers and should be responsible for every single uh, sponsored advertisement that they do. The thing is, those sponsored ads go into the news feed, right? So that displaces everybody else. You don't get to be seen in the news feed because now Facebook is making money from somebody else who's paying them more. So I became their competition right away. And they had to reduce my reach. So they started coming up with all these arbitrary terms like spam, clickbait, inauthentic, um, sensationalist content, and all these other nonsense um, rules, right? And eventually they pushed me out. And, you know, my reach got reduced and reduced and reduced and reduced. And then eventually in 2016, um, they took down six of my pages in one night. It was 14 million fans. And... I was out. They gave me no reason. They wiped out everything else. And um, hold on, did they ever shut down your Facebook page altogether? They didn't wipe me out entirely. I mean, I've been banned. They just before. crushed you like a but, bug. Yeah, they they basically made all of the. I mean, as mi the millions upon millions of you know fans are useless if you can't reach them. And I, I mean, I tell that to people about misinformation. I I tell people truth doesn't matter. If no one hears it, that's well, I know all about that. I put it out on my Facebook page and I get three people. I got 2,500 people essentially following me. Now, I don't have millions, but I got 2,500 and they're pretty loyal. Some of them are liberal friends and family who don't want to hear what I have to say. But the others really want to hear what I have to say. And I had I, I noticed one I put out there that was political and so forth. Three people. 
Now, I know they're they're not distributing my things. I know that. I don't know if they're actually blocking the information from being seen. But who knows? Ryan, you know more about that than the rest of us in terms of their practices. You know, one of the things, my father's a constitutional attorney. I've had him on. People know him. You know, he, one of the things about that is there's something called pattern in practice. When you're in a lawsuit and you're in a class action lawsuit, one of the things you have to prove is pattern and practice, a discriminatory pattern and practice. Do you have that going on, Jason? With uh, So before we go there, let's talk about the lawsuit. You have a lawsuit going right now. Ryan, would you talk a little bit about the lawsuit? My name is Ryan Hartwig, and I'm an officer in the Social Media Freedom Foundation. And uh, Jason Fick is the founder and director. And me and Jason have been talking for at least a year about all these issues with big tech and censorship. And, of course, I, I'm known as being the Facebook whistleblower because I filmed with a hidden camera for nine months while working for Facebook. So I was a, a, I was a content moderator. But, yeah, the, the lawsuit that, that we're bringing – it's very, very unique. So you've heard about other lawsuits that have been brought about, like Trump's lawsuit against Twitter, and and there's been other lawsuits like Candace Owens against, uh, you know, the, the fact checkers. And this lawsuit is unique because, as Jason was explaining, he had these millions of followers. They they took him down. So he eventually, you know, sued Facebook because they were they took down his pages, and it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court chose not to hear his his case and so now jason has standing to sue the government itself so no other lawsuit is like this this is a unique lawsuit it's a case of first impression because he's suing the government itself under the fifth amendment for depriving people of of liberty and property and depriving him of his liberty and property there's some ideas like overbreadth where basically you can't you can't regulate speech or there's permissible speech versus impermissible speech. And obviously Facebook has gone overboard and deleting things that are just arbitrary or even posting a Bible verse. Facebook would delete you if you just post a Bible verse. You know, I'm just thinking about that poor guy who owned the bakery. You know what I mean? He couldn't bake a cake the way he wanted to bake a cake. Or other people who have been held to account to make sure that they don't become considered discriminatory in their practices, but yet and still companies like Facebook can discriminate all over the place. It's pretty shocking. Like if you tried to not do something and it offended somebody in a class of people, gay, white, straight, black, Hispanic, Asian, pick a, pick a group, you would be subject to legal action. And yet these people at Facebook get away with this. Now, I will tell you, I've had conversations within the last week with people I do business with. And I've said, one, I will not advertise on Facebook. I'm pulling all my advertising. And I'm in the gym business. So how many times do you walk down the street and you see an ad pop up for whatever gym and their latest and greatest special coming through on Facebook? It's a huge 
has been in the past a huge platform for advertising. Not anymore for me. And not anymore for a lot of people I know. And for one of the agencies I know, they said, yeah, we're not doing Facebook anymore. We're growing grassroots. The overwhelming demise of Facebook is imminent because they can't continue to practice business this way and get away with it. It's just a matter of time before it kicks them in the tail. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll finish this. I want to tell people how to help you fight this battle so that they can participate because we have to get out there and link arms together, guys, all right, and help people like Ryan and Jason be successful in fighting big tech on our behalf. You're listening to Success Happens. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. Dianovich and Associates, a great security company, and Flamingo Pool Supply. We'll be right back. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have with me today Ryan Hartwick, the Facebook whistleblower, and Jason Fick, who has been a content provider and very successful in his own right in doing uh, magazines and so forth and with millions of followers, and he's been adversely affected by Facebook. I wanted to have you share, Jason, the status of your case and so forth. As I said before, I had been shut down dramatically, lost six pages, 14 million fans. And I had gone to a, a competitor of mine who had reps with Facebook, and I asked them whether or not they could see about getting them re- restored. And Facebook actually put a quid pro quo agreement in place and said, no, they're not going to do it for me, but they would do it for the other company. And they did, which meant that the content was never the issue, and it's never been the issue um, in regards to Section 230. So in 2018, we sued. I sued. I went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the courts have it wrong. They they do not understand the, the laws as they should be written. They're, they're not harmonious. They're not being read as a whole. So we went all the way to the Supreme Court. And because the government actually denied me a single day in court, I never even got an oral argument. A lot of people don't re- realize what Section 230 really is. It's an administrative law that grants a delegation of regulatory authority. It says to these companies – you can act as a private company, but if you act on our behalf to do a specific job, which is to block and screen offensive materials, we will give you civil liability protection. It's an authority. And when they do that, and that authority can infringe upon my property, my, my life, liberty, or property, which is protected under the due process clause of uh, the Fifth Amendment, I was never given any process. I couldn't I, I could not challenge or seek redress for what was taken from me under government protection. And everybody has been fighting the First Amendment, and there is a First Amendment argument for sure in Section 230, but the Fifth Amendment argument is much cleaner. It's actually very similar to the OSHA case, um, the major questions doctrine that just went by with the, the vaccine mandates. The non-delegation doctrine and the, and the major questions doctrine are very similar. And so we have a very good perspective on this. And For the past, I would say, year and a half, we've been building the most comprehensive lawsuit against the United States of America, and we're doing what's called a Rule 5.1 constitutional challenge of the law. 
the government will have to do something. It will either have to explain this thing, which is called a declaratory judgment, and rectify it with the Constitution or strike it. And we are already getting congressional help. So this is going to be major. And this is coming probably in the next eight days. Wow, that's very exciting. Uh, first of all, to see that there's progress being made. What is your goal? What do you hope to get out of the proceedings and the rulings? Well, that's how Ryan and I have been working at the Social Media Freedom Foundation. You know, we this is it's not a partisan issue. This is a matter of these companies should not have this power. So our goal is to restore freedom to everyone online. These companies will maintain their First Amendment right. They can do whatever they choose. But if they do something that's unlawful, we have to be able to seek redress. Like we have to be able to do something about it. And that's what we want We want to restore. And I mean, it has been a long, powerful fight. In fact, I mean, a lot of the information that we got internally came from Ryan. A lot of those specific things that were, you know, oops, you got caught, you know, are things that we can use as evidence because what most people, you know, everybody's looking at the First Amendment. The biggest thing about the First Amendment is something called the substantial overbreadth doctrine. And in that circumstance, when a company acting under authority of, of government takes down more permissible speech, meaning permissible by, by government standards, right? If it takes down more permissible speech than it really does the purpose of what Congress intended, it's considered substantially overbreath, and it will be struck. If that happens, we restore a level playing field once again, and these companies – I mean, they're going to be subject to liability on a massive scale because of what they've done. They've stolen everything from everyone. That's our hope. It does equate to financial loss because I'll, I'll give a shout out to Will Johnson, who's a friend, and he is a podcaster, and they shut him down. And he was, you know, providing content that people wanted. He was earning money through the, the system, whether it was, I don't know if, it was really monies generated through Facebook per se, but by donors or whatnot. But all of that financial support, by shutting him down on Facebook, they stood in the way of his ability to provide for his family as a businessman. Let's talk about 230. Explain it a little bit so people understand. I know we've heard President Trump talk about it. But can you speak a little bit further about it so people understand the basic premise of 230? All right. So imagine if you go to a McDonald's and you have the McDonald's employee and the McDonald's employee uh, sees someone misbehaving or needs to kick, kick someone out of, the, out of the store. They would call the local police to kick that person out of the store. So a separate entity would come, which is the police, and they would come and kick that person out of the store. So right now what's happening with Facebook is Facebook is the police. So they're... They're, they're McDonald's employee and they're the McDonald's security kicking, kicking people out of their establishment. So they're using those powers granted to them by the government to kick people out of their establishment illegally. Hold now, on, you just said granted by government illegally. So which is it? Exactly. So that's the point. It's legally, it's is unconstitutional. The, the delegation of, of that power. Did, did the Congress even have that power to delegate in the first place? And that's one of the questions and part of this lawsuit as well. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's a good analogy to think about is if you're in a private private establishment, who kicks you out? Is it the private security from that company or is it the police 
And so that kind of sets the stage for maybe a more in-depth uh, explanation of Section 230 by Jason. Go ahead. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Jason's going to share more information about 230. And I just want people to keep in mind that your voice matters. And when you rise up and you speak up and you let your legislators know at the local, state, and national levels, they respond, as I've said many times, all they care about is their next gig. So they want to make sure they're electable the next time, okay? So you have to let them know how you feel about this stuff. And if you have an opinion about this, make sure you reach out to the federal legislators who represent you or who represent other areas look, we're all in this together. So it's important to have your voices heard. I know that a lot of people here in Maryland, for example, reached out to Senator Manchin on the um, the recent federal bill. Okay, so and he heard us all loud and clear, didn't he? He's a hero. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. The program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have with me today Ryan Hartwick, who is the Facebook whistleblower and uh, has made a lot of strides in bringing to light the issues around uh, what Facebook does against their own community of participants, which is pretty shocking. One of them is me, one of them is you, if you're listening. Jason Thick is somebody who's been harmed by Facebook and has an active lawsuit. All right, Jason, please go back to what you were speaking about with the 230, please. Sure, sure, Jennifer, thank you. Um, so, 230 is it's basically it's title 47 u.s code section 230 and the specific portions are 230 c1 230 c2a those are the two things that everybody hears about and it's always just referred to as 230 um the way that this this law was written it's a communications law and they basically i'm sure most people know what the fcc is the the federal communications commission the FCC has a job, right? They're given a job, and they're they're supposed to look after broadcasting, and they're they're basically the watchdogs, right? And they're given specific requirements. They're given qualifications, and they're given a job. Now, most people don't know what that job is. They have no idea. If I were to ask you, does Congress make a decision of what size trout can be taken out of a stream? They don't, right? It's, it's, it's an inconsequential question for Congress. It's too small. So what happens is is that they would create a commission like the Fish and Game Commission to do something called filling up the details. That's what they call it. And filling up the details is essentially a commission is take given power. It's an authorized agent of the government, and they're given a what's called a general provision or a general directive. And it says, okay, you have to act in the interest of the people. Here's what we want you to do. Well, Section 230 has that. It's in quotes, and that's why it's in quotes. And it says to act as a good Samaritan. So there's their general their excuse me, their general directive. Act as a good Samaritan for the good of others in the interest of the people. And we need you to fill up the details, meaning we need you to create the rules. Now, 
a government says, well, it's based on contemporary community standards. Well, they're not exactly contemporary uh, community standards. They're community standards for whatever they want. The thing is, is that they gave them such a wide breadth of power to create any rule they want. They create rules in their own self-interest because they are a private company and they want to make money. So let's make a rule. So you make a rule, like you said, discriminatory. You can under Section 230 currently because they can remove anything they consider objectionable. Anything. Which is subjective based on their worldview, their lens, frankly, their political point of view. It can be virtually anything. Now, you think, okay, well, it says they have to act in good faith. Court never puts a measure of good faith to any of it. And in fact, the biggest misconception is, is that currently the work the the law is working correctly it's not it is fundamentally misunderstood by the courts my case was a very specific you know example of it because they dismissed my case not based on 230c2 which is the restriction of materials they based it on 230c1 saying that i was treating them as a publisher now this is a very very subtle difference but the difference has a magnitude that you wouldn't even believe the law does not say that a provider user cannot be treated as a publisher it says that they cannot be treated as the publisher matter of fact james madison you know that guy he actually once wrote in the federalist papers that the most important word in the right to free speech is the word the because the right pre-existed any potential abridgment the denotes that it was already there it was just the right here in Section 230, you cannot be treated as the publisher. And in my case, I was the publisher. They were a publisher in addition to the publisher. So therefore, I can treat them as a publisher under 231, but I'm not treating them as me. I treated them as them. That misconception it has been in place since 1997, since a year after this thing started. And everything, everything since then has been built on top which has turned it into essentially sovereignty. They have sovereign immunity right now based upon the broadness of the law itself and then the duplication of broadness by the courts. And I'm not alone. Like everybody says, I'm, I'm ridiculous. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I, of course, I mean, I've done thousands of hours of research in this. But Justice Clarence Thomas himself, one of the nine justices of this country, came out with a 10-page analysis of this in the Enigma versus Malwarebytes case Drawing into question everything we did. I can tell you, Jennifer, Section 230 is misunderstood by the courts. It's unconstitutional in its foundation. And the constitutional challenge that we're about to bring forward is huge for this country. It is the first time it's ever been done. As as Ryan said, it's called a case of first impression. We are going after the United States and saying, you need to fix this. Now, Ryan, myself... The Social Media Freedom Foundation, you know, you're you're sitting here and you're talking about, you know, standing up. We did that. We did exactly what you're saying, which is I don't have any help. I did this straight out of pocket. So was Ryan. And that's why we need everybody's help. The Social Media Freedom Foundation, you know, we're not a partisan organization. We simply want to restore everybody's freedoms. It is not fair to put this much power into private companies' hands to determine the lives of everyone. 
They determine well, and, your life, my life, everybody's life. And that being said, it is primarily harming people on the right because Facebook is a left-leaning communist organization. I mean, that, I can't say it any nicer. I mean, it, it just is what it is. You got to call it an apple, an apple. So when they shut down speech discriminatively and they limit a point of view to only reflect their point of view, they disregard the truth, okay? The whole thing about not having ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and having to use asterisks, dash, and a, and a, and a dot in between so that the algorithms didn't pick up, we were trying to tell people to consider alternative medications that might save their life, Facebook shut us down. Facebook was practicing medicine without a license. Practicing medicine without a license, amen. Those people are outrageous. But one thing I know, God always has a plan, and this will be dealt with, and it's it's above our pay grade. It may not be above yours in terms of the court system, and I'm really excited that you're doing this. And you said something about uh, misunderstood by the courts. Let's be super clear. The courts are compromised. So you have an uphill battle because it's not a given. Even if you dot all your I's and you cross all your T's, it is not a given that they will see your point of view and come to square with the Constitution because the courts are compromised all the way up to the highest court. We, we have a little and, bit of hope, Jennifer. The reason being is because, and, and I know the approach that you're thinking, which is this is win or lose. This constitutional challenge is not win or lose. They, they have a job to do, which is to say that I'm saying your law, meaning to the United States, your law is unconstitutional. They now have to explain how it is constitutional, which is called declaratory judgment. If they can explain, so they have to fix this thing. Because there is, when we've drawn into questions, I mean, I can I can show you irreconcilabilities right in the law's language itself. It doesn't make any sense. It will never make sense. There's no way to fix it. There's no way to, to adapt it. So when that comes down and they, and they go, okay, we can't rectify it with the Constitution, they have to strike it. So it's not win or lose. It's fix it or get rid of it. Something well, good. will happen. God bless you. I think that's great. Tell people, we're going to go to a quick break, but tell people how to support you guys. And and everybody, let's be generous because this does impact all of us. And frankly, it's this is about saving our country, and this is a fundamental right. Go ahead. Well, like I said, um, I'm the founder of the Social Media Freedom Foundation. You can go to socialmediafreedom.org. Uh, we have a lot of information on there. There's actually an executive summary, which is a, a 15-page long short version of this this lawsuit. Uh, Ryan is an officer working with the Social Media Freedom Foundation. We are all looking for freedom online. Um, if you can help by donating, we are behind the eight ball. Um, we put our money where our mouth is, and we, we fought this thing with our own money, our own time, and everything. And we, we are hoping to at least stay in the game and maybe recoup some of the losses we've taken. But I am about to, you know, bring this case forward, and the Social Media Freedom Foundation is going to fight for everybody. So, again, that's socialmediafreedom.org. And uh, go on there. You can find out a lot more information. And uh, 
some about us and 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 we believe that we should be able to get chartered for a, a 501c3 we have applied for it uh, at which point it will be char- uh, tax deductible because we are not a partisan issue okay wonderful thank you for doing that important work everybody you're listening to success happens we're going to take a quick break I'd like to thank your sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek, we're scooping now, Dianovich and Associates, and Flamingo Pool Supply. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen. We're having a fantastic conversation about freedom of speech and, frankly, antitrust uh, uh, issues around um, these high-tech companies who are uh, linking arms and deciding what we can say and what we cannot say. And one of the things we talked about in, in so the broader context is this notion of freedom of speech, but also free market. So, you know, this idea that Twitter and Facebook and now Facebook, Instagram, all link arms to manage a conversation to limit information. And frankly, I'll say it here. They've got blood on their hands. I mean, seriously, they have blood on their hands for limiting information and access to, you know, we talk about access to care in medical. I used to run a medical nonprofit. We're talking about access to care. You don't limit access to care. You don't limit access to care. People die when you limit access to care. When they limited information about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and they pushed a narrative called it's just a uh, paste for horses or whatever, the crazy talk, they didn't talk about repurposing a drug for the purposes of saving lives in COVID. They've got blood on their hands. This will be dealt with one way or the other because the universe never you know, forgets got blood on their hands if they've limited access to information that could have saved lives. And uh, that will not go without being dealt with at some level because there there are going to be lawsuits about this right and left. Ryan, would you please bring us back into the conversation about um, the freedom of speech and, and 230 and so forth? Yeah. And so, so this lawsuit is a constitutional challenge uh, and basically these big tech companies have too much too much power to restrict speech, and they do not do it fairly. And when I worked at Facebook, I was there for two years, and I studied the language of their policies, and it's very, very confusing. So you can't expect the average person, a reasonable person, couldn't expect to know what their rules are to avoid getting banned or censored for something as simple as talking about immigration or, hey, let's keep Canadians out of the United States. And, and they also have policies that, are, are very shocking. They they allow for advocating killing babies and and fetuses in an abortion context, um, and they've made exceptions to protect people uh, who are discussing abortion. People on the left who are talking about abortion and clearly violated Facebook's rules. And Facebook makes a newsworthy exception. So, so then, hold on. What I'm yeah. hearing is they're treated unevenly or differently depending on the point of view. Is that correct? That's correct, and we, I have dozens of examples of, of examples of that in my in my book behind the mask of Facebook, and uh, so that's the crucial part of this lawsuit. Is I helped Jason and gave him these examples that I documented when I filmed with it in camera, and so Jason can go more into the detail of the of the law, but but yeah, these examples are, really are a violation of the law, and this is that's why this is a constitutional challenge uh, because Americans are being censored 
their First Amendment rights are being violated. All right. So one more time, give me the example of where it's uneven treatment. Yeah, the example of uneven, uneven treatment, the best example is, you know, if you call someone a name like a Trump humper, or if you call, some a fem- call someone a feminazi, well, Trump Harper is used to attack Trump supporters, right? And a feminazi is what you call someone who, on the left who's a feminist. And one of those gets deleted and one stays up. And so Which the, one gets deleted? Yeah, the Trump Humper uh, gets, stays up no matter what. So if you get called a Trump Humper, there's no way to take that off the platform. But if, you're, you, if you get called a feminazi... Uh, that gets it got, yeah, that gets taken down. So you get protected because those 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 attacks get erased. So the so, Trump pumper attack stays up. The feminazi attack gets deleted. All right. Now one of the things I'm thinking of is this opportunity for anybody to report a post, report something as offensive. Or whatever is that part of this process, or they do this regardless of somebody reporting it? That's so that has to be has to be reported to be taken down. However, we do have examples of them giving additional protections to Greta Thunberg. People were calling her re- retarded, and Facebook scoured their internet, used their their AI artificial intelligence to go ahead and dump those jobs into our queue so they could be deleted. So Facebook proactively. Uh, protected an individual who's being attacked, uh, who who happened to be someone on the left who was a climate change change activist. So that's one example of them being unfair and not. So, but if it, there are many examples of them going after and and shutting down Trump people. So they didn't protect Trump people. They yeah. I I have an example of a right wing senator in Australia who. Uh, was was had an egg broken on the back of his head. The senator turned around and slapped the kid in the face a couple of times, which counts as child abuse. Facebook said, told us, we know this violates our policies for child abuse. We're going to allow child abuse on the platform because the whole video showed a senator being humiliated, a right-wing senator being humili- humiliated. And it forwards their political narrative that right-wing people are evil. Okay, anyway, let's go to... Uh, Jason, if you would please bring us into the law of it. Well, thank you, Jennifer. So the idea of uniform enforcement is fundamental to any kind of delegated power. And again, a lot of people are going to argue, well, they're a first, you know, they're a private entity. They can do whatever they want. And their First Amendment does allow them to do whatever they want, but they might be civilly liable if it weren't for Section 230. So the law does apply, and when the government grants any any delegatory authority to any one of these commissions or any agent, whether it be private or public, they have to fit within certain guidelines. And the government does actually have permissible and impermissible speech. Well, permissible is basically everything, but impermissible speech categories that aren't even allowed by the government standards. And and I'm just going to read you a quick uh, quote from the Supreme Court, and this goes to exactly what Ted Cruz was talking about, uniform enforcement. There is – it's not in the actual statute itself, but it is in the delegatory authority. It's required, and and here's what the Supreme Court uh, said. It said the Supreme Court has recognized that the government may regulate speech because of their content. 
as long as it does so even-handedly, in other words, uniformly. Categories like uh, – they identify categories such as obese, uh, obscenity, defamation, fraud, incitement, fighting words, true threats, uh, speech integral to criminal conduct and child pornography. These are all patently offensive things. These are things that the average person – and uh, Ryan made a good note – the average ordinary person knows what is prohibited by the government. You know what the government will hit you for. Like you can't make a threat against the president, right? You can't do things like that. Those things are impermissible. The scope of what community standards allows and the enforcement of it being incredibly un – you have no idea as a normal person whether something's going to violate the rules or not because realistically everything violates the rules it's just whether or not they decide to enforce it on you. And generally, yeah, there are political uh, you know, biases involved. There are financial biases involved. There's ideological biases because they are a self-interested company. That's the way it works. So what I'm hearing is that basically they have immunity because of 230. Correct. Got that. So – how can people support you to make sure that they can be they the high tech communications platforms be held to account for the standards that we all should be living by even handedly how can people support you if you'd like go to socialmediafreedom.org we really could use the donations we need financial support we have people that have been working basically out of pocket on this uh, how much again, do you it's... need to raise jason Whatever we can. I'm I'm millions deep in this thing and years into working on it. And I've done it with no notoriety, no no help. We just plowed forward. I mean, I've had personal help. Um, some of other officers include uh, uh, Ann Vandersteel, David Harris Jr., um, Brent Hamachek, Ian Trache. Some some notable people are working with us, and, and there's more joining every day because this is this is the future of our nation. If we don't get control of information, of our own information online, we're going to lose this country because I've seen so many people argue that election integrity is the most important thing or climate change or you know, let's look at this from a nonpartisan point of view. There's a lot of different arguments, but freedom of speech is a foundation of this country, and if we don't have that online, which is where most of our discourse exists – they, these social media companies will control the narrative forever, forever, because the truth, as I said at the, at the start of this this opening, the truth doesn't matter if it, if nobody hears it. We have to be able to converse. And again, we need everybody's help. Like legitimately, we put our you know our money where our mouth is. I mean, we came at this. Ryan has worked at this. You know, he's put himself at risk. Um, I put myself at massive financial risk. Just I was all in. I'm either going to win this or I'm going to go down fighting. Well, God bless you for doing this, Jason. And we let's everybody listening ask 10 people. If everybody listening asks 10 people, five people to donate and support, we should be able to help you raise the money across the country by one person leading to another person rippling a pond and get it done. So the one thing I just want to remind people is that when you eliminate one aspect of the truth, you're left with propaganda. 
And that propaganda is poison. It's poison to the mind, it's poison to the soul, and it's poison to democracy in our nation. And frankly, Western civilization is at stake right now. So everybody, I wanna thank Jason and Ryan for being with us today. This is an important show. I'm so honored to have had you guys on to be able to talk about it. We will continue to push this. Everybody share this podcast so that they can get the information out and you may have to email it because guess what? Facebook isn't gonna post it. So anyway, you're listening to Success Happens. Have a fabulous week and uh, be sure to listen on podcast and be with us next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Free Talk 930 WFMD. Have a great week.